Jam on Fire Edition. Tim Kitcher along with you here. Time for Daddy to go to work. After all, Papa needs to get paid. What up, GMs, and welcome back to Commissioner's Corner. This is episode number 3.2 of the OMBA podcast, and I'm your commission, Andy Kapek. Today's episode, I'm going to be taking a deep dive into some of the offseason analysis that I did on last season's draft. We know the top three guys uh, on each on each team are going to be the ones who carry you to the promised land, but with every championship team, there are always those guys who make the leap who are going to finish 20, 30, 40 spots higher than where you drafted them in the final rankings, and those are the guys who are going to win you the ship. So we're going to take a look at some of that analysis I did from this past season. After that, just going to talk through some of the other fantasy leagues and betting platforms that I'm trying to set up for the GMs in the OMBA League, the BDFL League, and honestly just family or friends, uh, friends of friends who are trying to put a little something extra on the line going through each week. We all love uh, sports betting and it's becoming more legalized in every state. But what I'm trying to do is set up a place for everybody to place their bets against other average Joes like myself who don't have algorithms, who are just watching the games, who just want to put a little something extra on each game. So here's Tim Kitstra with a few drops that are absolute fire to get us going for this episode. It's a bird, it's a plane, it's an alley-oop jam! You bring the cookies, and I'll dunk them down! You bring the mashed potatoes, and I'll bring the turkey! I'm honestly going to start a petition to have Tim Kitstra broadcast one of the NBA games this season. It would be unbelievable to get him, you know, on with the TNT crew. But that aside, uh, before we jump into the official draft analysis that I did from this past season, um, go ahead and take a look at just sort of the OMBA Hall of Game uh, and some of the data points that we're trying to track moving forward. Look, I know that, you know, I'm putting... <laughs> not all you guys are maybe taking a look at, at what I'm putting into the league, uh, but just wanted to walk through it just so that you know, when you guys do take a look... You know, whether it's once a season, twice a season, um, you know, before and after. You guys just understand kind of what I'm trying to, to broadcast out to you guys so that you're able to kind of uh, learn from your mistakes, maybe see where you stack up against the other GMs. And then also just a little bit of competitiveness here of trying to, you know, improve your where you stand within the league. So I'm here on the main page of the OMBA Hall of Game uh, Google Sheet that I created and essentially what I've done here is breaking it down for each season that we've had the league running, right? As you scroll right, um, you're going to see that the league has definitely expanded, right? We started out here, um, I think we actually started out with eight teams, but I've, I've kind of removed some of the guys who have dropped off over the years. So honestly, the most important part to look, right, are uh, probably the past two seasons. That's where most of us have all been in the league. Um, you know, we haven't had any expansion teams. Obviously, this season we have uh, Griffin Riley joining the league here in replace of, you know, Kyle Benton, uh, who dropped out this past season. But I've used the conditional formatting to just have a quick, a quick reference here just to see where you're finishing. So the top finisher in the league, you know, again, I don't want to necessarily be tooting my own horn here, but, um, you know, I know that I came in having played a few seasons of fantasy basketball before anybody else, plus been in the league for so long that my average finish is here at, at 2.4, um, you know, usually trying to finish in the top three. You know, that's my average goal. But, you know, looking as we go down the list here, we've got Ricky Bowes and Zach Zimmerman finishing there, always in the top five at that 4.2 average finish. Uh, Bowes also, you know, one of the, the league champs uh, finishing at 5.2. And Govers uh, and Doug Sabella also I've uh, been in the league here for almost the entire time. I know Govers was one of the founding GMs, and then I brought in Doug um, probably about two seasons in. So looking at them, they're both there right at 5.7 and 5.8. As you move down, right, Andy Meyer, one of the founding fathers, unfortunately finishes here uh, right around the eight spot. However, going into this season with that number, uh, number two pick, 
you know, definitely hoping for a little bit of a bounce back. I know over the last couple of seasons, he's really got shafted on the draft lottery. Um, and just honestly, always dealing with the guys that, that are getting uh, injured throughout the seasons. Taylor and Nick have also always kind of finished there in the middle of the pack. Um, you know, this past season, uh, Nick, Nick finished right there, right at six. Um, you know, Taylor is finishing at eight. So that's right around uh, where their averages are. And then Connor and Kellen coming in as the expansion GMs, always tough, you know, especially that first season to kind of compete because you got no chance there with a rookie keeper. Um, you know, Kellen finished this past season at number three, Connor at number seven. So right there in the middle of the pack um, for their average finishes. The other two data points that I'm really trying to keep track of are you're going to be your average uh, point total for the season and your average win percentage. Right, that's kind of uh, giving you a better feel for where you're finishing throughout that regular season, whether or not you're making it into the playoffs, um, and then also just you know where your team is going to be stacking up uh, against the others. Right, so what you can tell from the average point total, right, is if you're finishing anywhere above you know thirty thousand fantasy points for the entire season, you're having a great a great year. Right, Zach this past season finished the season at twenty eight thousand. Um, the year before that, Bo, the championship or the champion, finished at 30. Year before that was uh, me taking home the championship at 34,000. You know that year was definitely a higher uh, scoring year. We had you know one, two, three, four, five teams over 30,000 fantasy points. So really, you know, I think that's really what you're trying to shoot for. Um, you know, in the high 20s to, to low 30s for your overall point total for the season. Your average win percentage um, isn't telling all that much. You know, it's really just a, a quick reference for, you know, how you've done throughout the regular seasons. But really what the goal here is, is to be getting, you know, I would say above 50%, right? Looking back through to see, you know, the where the number six seed is ending up in terms of win percentage through the season. I would say that 60 percentage mark is really, you know, what's separating you into the playoff teams versus missing the playoffs and, and then, you know, making it into that constellation uh, bracket, which again, uh, for for those of you who don't remember or just for those, uh, you know, mostly for Griffin here, essentially the way that we are determining the last place finisher is through that constellation bracket, right? That keeps those guys who didn't necessarily finish in the top six making the overall playoffs uh, for the OMBA league, you're still trying to make sure that you win, uh, you know, your four, first two games of the consolation bracket. Obviously, the, um, you know, the seven and eight teams get a bye week, so they are essentially safe from getting the very last position in the league. But, you know, if you're in the uh, eight, nine, or sorry, nine, 10, uh, 11, and 12 position in the league, you know, you're essentially playing that first game. If you lose that in the constellation bracket, then you're essentially in the toilet bowl playoff to make sure that you're not finishing and getting that last place punishment. So as I move across the to the next tab of the OMBA Hall of Game uh, Google Doc that I have, we have Wilt Stilts Club, the Wilt Stilts Club, right? Which is essentially any any fantasy player who breaks that hundred point or hundred fantasy point mark. So this is something that has happened a few times in the past. It's not something that I've actively been tracking. Uh, but for this past season, I went back through the entire season uh, trying to look for those players. I know in our group text, right, we had a, a few times where it was, it was mentioned when it did happen. So relatively easy for me to find. But we essentially had two guys finishing with over 100 fantasy points in a single game. That was Russell Westbrook on March 29th of 2021. And then we had Joel Embiid on, uh, say, February 19th of 2021. You know, to get over 100, 100 fantasy points, you really got to be either putting up an obscene amount of points. Um, you have to have a triple-double, and you've got to have those defensive uh, stats as well. So taking a look here, Russell Westbrook finished with 103.6 fantasy points. That was essentially 35 points, 21 assists, two steals, one block, 14 rebounds, uh, and also four turnovers, right? Those turnovers are going to, you know, dock you four points there. 
And then Joel Embiid with the highest scoring game of the season from this past year was 105.7 fantasy points. His line was 50 points, 5 assists, 2 steals, 4 blocks, 17 rebounds. Right, So he didn't necessarily get that triple-double, but again, if you're starting off with 50 points, uh, you don't need all that many of the other stats. So those are the two guys going into this season that we are tracking for over 100 fantasy points. I hope that it's obvious why we're calling it you know, Wilt Stilts Club. He's the only player in NBA history to score over 100 points. So that's kind of the benchmark there. And then moving over to the next tab, we have the Mamba Club, which I'm hoping that everyone can also understand as to why I named it that. It's essentially if you're breaking that 80-point fantasy or 81-point fantasy mark, which was, you know, the Mamba RIPs, you know, most uh, points scored in a game. And as you can see, you know, we had, let's see, sorry, we had 44 players break that 81-point mark. You know, a lot of them... You know, I've separated this out in terms of, of players. You know, we've got Luka Doncic with, what is it, six games. Uh, Nikola Jokic finished with 10. Russell Westbrook, three. And then you've got these guys like Rudy Gobert, you know, TJ McConnell, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid, Tatum, Harden, Giannis. Um, you know, out of nowhere, right, we've got like a Fred Van Vliet or a Sabonis game where those guys are breaking that 80-point mark. So something that I'm just going to try to keep adding to uh, for each season just to, um, you know, get just to have a little bit of a record for those guys who have absolutely huge fantasy games for any particular team. The next tab in the OMBA Hall of Game uh, Google Sheet here is essentially just our OMBA draft lottery results. You know, something that we started just a few seasons ago with the draft lottery, which to be honest is, is I think one of my favorite parts of the league. Um, you know, having that chance, you know, especially this season, really highlights it the most where you've got a 1% chance to get that number one pick and somehow Zach Zimmerman jumps up, gets that number one pick. You know, and it's just something that's kind of exciting to go through. Um, you know, I know only a few of us were able to join this season hoping for next season to have a, a little bit of a bigger turnout. But I wanted to be able to look back to see, you know, who's the one who's getting the luckiest during these NBA draft lotteries. You know, similar to like Cleveland, right, where I feel like over the last couple of seasons, it seems like they're always somehow jumping up from wherever they are to finish in the top four to get a pick, right? Um, you know, I know that they had, uh, you know, the owner's son who was there sitting and they were saying he's good luck. So, just something here that I wanted to try to keep track of as we go forward on go forward with the next seasons uh, to just figure out who's really the most lucky out of all of us in terms of the uh, where you're finishing in the draft. And then finally, the most recent addition here to the OMB Hall of Game is the GM draft value. This is something that again got help with uh, or help from from Rick here in terms of crunching a few uh, formulas, but. Essentially, trying to establish a you know, uh, you know, I've got an absolute value, and then your average here for how your draft went, right? So, essentially, what it's doing is comparing where the player was drafted versus where they finished in the overall fantasy rankings for that season, right? So, taking a look here, real quick, um, you know, Chris Govers had by far the best draft this past season. Uh, with an average finish of 21.13. And what that means is that throughout his entire roster, the guys that he had drafted uh, on average finished 21 spots higher um, in the final rankings from where they were drafted. You know, we only had four teams finish with a positive number here. Um, you know, and then as we scroll down, right, you're seeing guys going farther and farther in the negative, which, again, this isn't like a perfect stat where, you know, if you have a few guys who get hurt who you draft early on, you know, that really, really hurts, um, you know, this value here, which is why, to be honest, I went, in, I went back and I actually filtered out um, players who played less than 25 games, right? So anybody who was injured for essentially... I mean, I guess last season it was a little bit more, but 
a little bit over uh, you know a quarter of the season. If your guy was injured for that long, they were excluded from this value. Um, and again, just something that I feel like is kind of cool to look back at just to know where you're stacking up in terms of your ability to draft players who make that leap, who are going to finish, you know, 5, 10, 30, 40 points higher in the overall rankings versus where you drafted them. So after a pretty long preamble here, going to take a look at the 2020-2021 OMBA roster analysis that I did this past offseason just to get a better idea as to where the GMs here stack up and where they were able to find the most value from this past season. It's a bird, it's a plane, it's an alley-oop jam! So before I get into the, I guess, uh, draft value for each GM, just wanted to take a quick look at, you know, the top players from this past season, uh, you know, and look into where, uh, you know, essentially how big of a difference there is between those top 20 guys, um, you know, and then once you get into those, you know, top 50, uh, you know, there's a huge drop off. So just looking at the number one player from this past season, right, the the champion Zach Zimmerman had Nikola Jokic, who finished with 4,500 fantasy points, okay? And, and just so, just for reference, right, Russell, uh, excuse me, Russell Westbrook, I, uh, I've got Russell Wilson on my fantasy team, so I always get those two guys <laughs> mixed up as I'm trying to say their names. But Russell Westbrook finished with 4,200 points. Those are the only two players throughout the entire NBA who finished over 40,000 points, right? Like you'd think Giannis, uh, Yoke, uh, excuse me, Giannis, um, Luca, uh, you know, LeBron, like those guys are going to be up up there as well. They aren't. It's really just you've got to play the majority of the games and you've got to have that average, you know, up and around essentially 50 fantasy points um, per game, right? Uh, actually, excuse me, 60 fantasy points per game. You know, and, and again, I, I, I included that as well here on a tab for our roster analysis uh, Google sheet here. We've got the total uh, or the player totals in fantasy and then we've also got the player averages. You know, so... The top four averages, or excuse me, top five averages were Russell Westbrook actually finished with the top overall average at 64.5 fantasy points per game. Then we go Nikola Jokic, 62, Giannis at 60, Harden at 59, and then Luka Doncic at 54. And again, I'll just throw in um, Joel Embiid at 54 and uh, DeMontis Sabonis at 53 just because they're so close. But... Those are essentially the top six average, uh, you know, fantasy points per game. But as much as the average is great, if your guy's only playing, um, you know, is, is, is playing 10 less games, that actually like really slides them down pretty significantly in the overall, um, you know, total amount of points that they can get, right? So as we work down, right, the 10th highest overall uh, fantasy points player was Steph Curry at thirty uh, or at three thousand one hundred and thirty-eight fantasy points? And again, Nikola Jokic finished with four thousand five hundred and sixteen. So there's literally a fourteen hundred point difference between the number one and number ten player. As he moved down to the number twenty player, that's at two thousand six hundred and ninety-six. So you know, from from where Steph Curry was, that's a five hundred point drop. As we move down to the 30th player, you know, essentially that's where uh, the majority or the bulk of the players are going to start to to minimize that gap, right? Um, you know, Giannis, or sorry, Jonas Valanciunas was at 26, uh, 26,000. You know, at the 30th ranked player, we have uh, Devin Booker at 2,500 uh, points. Uh, 40, we have Ben Simmons at 2,300 points. So really, you know, those top 20 guys, and specifically those top five guys, they're really where you see, you know, a thousand point fantasy gap. So you really have to hit with that number one, you know, overall pick. As I said before, your top three picks are going to be the ones that carry you, you know, as long as they finish near their value at where you drafted them, that's going to be how you win the league. Um, you know, that being said, though, 
you can really find a lot of value in uh, you know a few players across the board uh, down down the kind of draft line here. Um, and to be honest, the keepers are absolutely huge. As we finally start to look at the official uh, you know full season draft analysis from this past season, the top seven excuse me five guys in the entire league are keepers, right? And and to be honest, it just makes sense, right? If you're able to keep a guy for your 16th overall pick, you're expecting them to have a absolutely huge jump for that next season in terms of where they ended up in the total ranking. So, you know, the number one uh, overall draft value player from this past season was Zion Williamson. He was my, uh, you know, number one overall pick from, from last season. Of course, you know, he got hurt uh, and missed the the beginning of the season, which is honestly what it's looking like is going to happen again this season. But even with that injury, you know, he finished 186 spots ahead of my 16th uh, round pick uh, into where he, he kind of factored in for the overall season value. Next up was R.J. Barrett, John Morant, P.J. Washington, and uh, Kobe White. Those were the top five uh, you know, value positions from the draft in this past season. And again, it's no surprise here that all of those were rookie keeper players. And now as we work down kind of past some of just those rookie keeper, league, uh, rookie keeper players, uh, you know, we've got Terry Rozier who finished 105 spots higher than his draft position. You know, he won the most valuable draft pick uh, non-keeper for, for, um, Chris for Chris, which is again is probably why he ended up so high in the value, the average draft value. Next was Bobby Portis. We've got Zubach, Jordan Clarkson, and Miles Bridges. You know, great trade for me getting Bridges. Um, you know, again, I also uh, conducted a little bit of a trade analysis for. You know, we only had five trades go down this past season, and what I did was was really looked down. So just, just for reference, this is the second tab here on the uh, OMBA roster analysis Google sheet. Um, you know, just essentially took a look at the five trades that went direct down this past season um, and kind of backtracked to see, you know, how much value was brought for that team. Um, so I, I did look into when like a player was dropped, you know, when they went down with injury to really just try to get the total net points for the play or for the team that that traded for them. Um, so looking at the first trade here, right, this was uh, occurred at the end of the last season, and again, I'm thoroughly regretting it, um, just because I didn't end up winning the league, and uh, Lamelo Ball is going to be an absolute stud in terms of I, I can almost guarantee if he doesn't go down with injury that he's going to end up as the the highest draft value, again, for for Gover since he can keep him as his rookie keeper. Um, you know, I'm projecting that he's probably going to be, you know, a top 20 player in the entire league. Um, but my trade right there, uh, you know, was making that trade, trying to make a push here for the championship, trading LaMelo Ball, Zach Levine, and uh, Horton, uh, sorry, Taylor Horton Tucker for Steph Curry, CJ McCollum, and James Wiseman. Um, you know, I finished off the, the winner of that trade, you know, ending up with an, an additional 1,800 uh, fantasy points versus almost 800 for Chris Govers. You know, and that was tough because LaMelo Ball was injured after the trade. Zach Levine went down. And to be honest, Chris ended up dropping uh, THT for just a couple of weeks after. So next trade was between me and... And uh, Zach, with uh, me trading Theo Maladon and Gary Trent Jr., you know, just only a 200-point swing there. Uh, Theo Maladon ended up uh, a little bit higher in terms of point value for this season. Somebody who, to be honest, I probably should have dropped. <laughs> but because, again, when you make that trade, you kind of want to be the winner of the trade. Uh, Zach got a huge win from, from Kyle uh, trading Andre Drummond and Carl Anthony Towns. You know, Towns ended up after that trade getting Zach uh, almost or over 2,000 fantasy points, and Drummond uh, ended up getting injured 
um, for uh, for Kyle and only got him an extra an additional 673 fantasy points. Um, it's kind of a common uh, occurrence here where uh, four out of the five trades that we had this season were uh, from my team. So I also traded early on in the season with Andy Meyer, um, traded Rashawn Holmes and Kelly Olynyk, who of course I ended up dropping, uh, who was then picked up by a few other teams who had an absolutely amazing finish to the season. I could have really used him in the uh, OMBA, you know, championship game <laughs> against Zach, where he was just going off for, you know, 30 and 40 fantasy point games. Uh, but I traded Rashawn Holmes, Kelly Olenek for Tim Hardaway, Kyle Anderson, and Ricky Rubio. You know, honestly, I got absolutely thrashed in that trade. Uh, you know, I finished with just under 2,000 fantasy points, and those three guys for for Andy throughout the season ended up netting him over 4,000 points. Last trade uh, was between me and Taylor for Miles Bridges and Terrence Ross. You know, I ended up uh, gaining 500 fantasy points uh, over Terrence, uh, sorry, excuse me, Terrence Ross with Miles Bridges at 1,600 fantasy points and 1,100 for Terrence Ross. So those are some of the trades that went down. But looking back at just the, the draft value, and sorry for the tangent there, guys, but Essentially, what I'm going to try to do right now is just go through the top couple of players from each uh, GM's draft who, who netted them the most amount of draft value. So just alphabetically going down, we got Band of Brothers, uh, Kellen, whose number one uh, overall draft value pick was no surprise here. Anthony Edwards, um, you know, he's going to be a rookie keeper here going into this next season who, again, is going to be in play for um, uh, for that, that number one overall draft value spot. At the end of last season, he really picked it up a notch and, and started to really you know put up a ton of points. We're going to see how it plays out with, with Cat and obviously D'Angelo Russell coming back, but he finished 63 spots higher than where he was drafted. Um, and the same exact spot here is Norman Powell, at also at 63 spots ahead of where he was drafted. And... Again, this is a little bit of a coincidence, but Roy Hachimura, who was his keeper, uh, also finished 63 spots ahead. And so, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, Roy Hachimura didn't necessarily have the biggest season this past year, but the amount of draft value that you get from that keeper, you know, really makes a huge difference. Uh, his next couple of guys here that were in the positive value, Darius Garland, Jonas Valanciunas, Jay Crowder, and Miles Turner all finished positively in terms of where they finished um, from their draft uh, spot. You know, again, it's a little tough here where, you know, his next highest guy, Giannis Antetokounmpo, technically finished two spots below where he was drafted. Um, you know, I think he came in with the number one overall pick, you know, and drafted and drafted Giannis there. And so, you know, Giannis finished with the third highest points value for the season. So that's why he's dropped, you know, those two spots. Um, you know, so really you want to be able to have guys, you know, at the value that they were drafted or above. So moving down for uh, Boom Shakalaka, Zach, uh, Zach Zimmerman, Kobe White, his keeper, finishing 115 points above where he was technically drafted with his last position or his last um, draft pick. And, you know, he did have, he did draft uh, Jakob Pertl as well, who finished 74 spots higher than where he was drafted. Unfortunately, uh, you know, Zach had dropped him earlier on in the season, and he was picked up by a few other teams, uh, including myself. But really, you know, Julius Randle was one of those guys who, who not only, you know, finished 62 spots ahead of, of where he was drafted, but that in terms of the overall value, right, he finished with the sixth highest total fantasy points for this season. So, you know, while he may not have been his highest, um, you know, position jump, that the amount of points scored, you know, versus the, you know, 62 spots below is just total, is, is, is huge for him, which is, again, why he ended up winning the season. Um, you know, having a guy like Julius Randle, who, you know, I, I don't actually have it up here in front of me, but... You know, he's essentially drafting in what I would assume would be, you know, the sixth, seventh round, and he's finishing with top 10 overall value in the league. 
No, that's the type of guy that you're trying to find each year that's going to win you the league. A few other guys to highlight here for Boom Shakalaka. You know, we've got uh, Chris Boucher uh, finishing 60 spots higher than where he was drafted. Andrew Wiggins at 12. Mikhail Bridges, 37 spots. Um, and, you know, Nikola Jokic, who, again, he drafted him number five overall. But as we had said earlier, you know, finishing with over 4,000 points just for that number one spot. So he only jumped up four spots. But, you know, that's almost... The, the difference between the, you know, number four overall player and the number one overall player was essentially a thousand fantasy points. So, you know, again, like it's a little bit hard to tell here in terms of, uh, you know, seeing what your average uh, draft value, you know, increase was. It doesn't necessarily play uh, play into the total amount of points that you won from that uh, value jump. Looking at Bradley McBeal, uh, Doug Sabella's roster, his uh, you know number one draft value, again here was his rookie keeper, Brandon Clark, and then actually his number two overall value is Patrick Williams, who's going to be his you know keeper going into this season. So great great opportunity there for him to jump up, um, you know, and have Patrick Williams ending up there as his number one overall draft value pick. Um, Third overall here was Nikola, uh, excuse me, Nikola Vucevic, who, you know, again, surprisingly finished as the number five overall fantasy player from this past season. You know, he's one of those guys who goes under the radar, who's just super consistent, doing 20 and, uh, you know, 20 and, 20, 20 and 10 guy every single game. It's unbelievable. Um, so great pick there by, by Doug. A few other guys here that finished with some solid, uh, you know, boosted draft value. Malcolm Brogdon, uh, you know, Kendrick Nunn, who unfortunately Doug ended up dropping and was picked up by a few other teams. But those guys were kind of his highest value picks. And, you know, this is kind of one of those tough ones where, you know, Durant goes down for the majority of the season. He finishes, you know, minus 120 spots from where he was drafted. Um, you know, just, again, a, a tough break there, and that's probably one of the reasons why, you know, Doug's overall, you know, average draft value was was lower than some of the other guys. When you've got guys who get hurt, especially that you draft really high, it, it's going to really hurt that value. So now looking at the draft guru himself, Chris Govers, a.k.a. Chef Curry, um, you know, and, and also uh, and beat him friends once he uh, made that trade uh, with me. You know, looking at his team here, he had 12 players who ended up jumping up in value from where they were drafted. Uh, Terry Rozier, Rozier, as I had said earlier, was the number one, you know, kind of most valuable draft pick that wasn't a, a rookie keeper. He also had Kyle Kuzma, um, you know, Jarrett Allen, Tyler Hero, uh, Carmelo Anthony, De'Aaron Fox, Steph Curry, all these guys ended up finishing higher than where they were drafted. Um, you know, and then his guys like Joel Embiid, um, you know, who were really high draft picks for him. You know, he finished nine spots less than where he was drafted, but it's not as big of a drop as, say, you know, Kevin Durant or somebody who got hurt and missed a ton of games for, for that team. Next, looking at uh, Ja Rule's, Rick Bose's roster. You know, Ja Morant finished by far as his most valuable draft pick uh, as his rookie keeper. And it seems to be like a little bit of a of a trend here of you know, Tyrese Halliburton, who's going to be his 21-22 keeper, you know, finished 44 spots above where he was drafted. So great selection there in terms of this past season, getting value out of a rookie. And not only that, but he's definitely eligible for, you know, one of those most valuable draft picks from this season, being his rookie keeper. Uh, DeJounte Murray, Chris Paul, Brandon Ingram, uh, you know, Dame Lillard, his number one or his first round pick, all finished above where uh, they were drafted. You know, I think his biggest uh, spot here where, where he missed out was, you know, he ended up drafting Marcus Gasol. OG Anonobi, um, Kevin Porter Jr., Marvin Bagley, these guys all finishing anywhere from, you know, 30 to, to 80 spots below where they were drafted. 
Looking at my roster, uh, Zion Williamson was by far my most valuable draft pick as my rookie keeper. Um, you know, also Tim Hardaway, Ricky Rubio, Zach Levine, all these guys finished above where they were projected, or excuse me, um, were, were positive draft value picks for me. However, I traded all those guys away. Uh, so, you know, not necessarily my finest moment. And probably a reason why I didn't end up winning, walking away with the championship this past season. You know, Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumley, and DeMontis Sabonis were definitely solid picks for me. Unfortunately, you know, James Harden went down late in the season with a pinged hammy, which, which really derailed my entire season. Um, you know, and same thing goes for, you know, guys like Aaron Gordon, uh, Wendell Carter, um, Patrick Beverly, Dinwiddie went down right away last season. You know, I lost 340 spots uh, of value there. Um, and then finally, you know, Shea, Shea Gilgis-Alexander also missed some time. So it's always tough when you got guys, like I said, who are going down with injury. It's going to really skew your, your average. But, you know, finishing with, you know, a draft with uh, eight guys um, in positive value, overall pretty solid draft, um, you know, by me. Next, looking at Nick the Brick, Nick Toma. Uh, his number one draft value player was Dennis Schroeder. Um, and then followed up by Nerlens Noel, who unfortunately was a drop from him early in the season. Colin Sexton and Will Barton, Rudy Gobert all finished about 25 spots higher than um, you know where they were drafted, as well as Jalen Brown at 20. So uh, overall, Nick had, let's see here, we had, um, excuse me, we had seven players in positive value for him. You know, I think guys like, Porzingis, Kawhi, who ended up getting hurt. Um, those are going to be the ones that, that kind of hurt him in terms of his overall draft value. Obi-Wan uh, finished with, uh, excuse me, eight guys in positive value in terms of their draft positions. You know, Russell Westbrook, as I had said, was a total stud, finishing 20 spots higher than where he was drafted. You know, he finished with the number two spot, so getting him in, you know, that second, third round. Uh, you know, it was unbelievable value that he got there in the draft. Um, you know, Jordan Clarkson was another one of his his solid picks there, finishing, you know, 92 spots higher than where he was drafted. Um, you know, that's going to be somebody who you're going to have to be drafting who's going to be helping you out to, to win the championship. Last three teams here, guys. We've got the Bam Fam, Bo Nielsen. Uh, who unfortunately only had four guys finishing in pa positive value uh, in terms of their draft position. You know, Rudy Gay, Bam, Draymond Green, and Buddy Heald uh, all finishing in positive value with the majority of his team unfortunately finishing in that negative value, uh, you know, reaching a little bit in the draft. Uh, next up, we've got the big Lebronski, um, who also finished with four guys in positive value. Those included P.J. Washington, his keeper, uh, Ivanka Zubac, who unfortunately he dropped it, he or he dropped, and then Rashawn Holmes, who was traded over to me early, early-ish in the season. Uh, Millsap also finished six spots higher than where he ended up. Um, you know, a little bit of a reach with Jason Tatum finishing five spots below where he was drafted. I know, you know, and he's a huge Celtics fan, so that might have been a little bit of a homer pick, but. Um, you know, guys like Jaron Jackson, Otto Porter, Derek White, Kemba Walker, Gordon Hayward, all these guys got injured for Andy, which is why, you know, they finished below where their draft value was. And then finally, uh, we've got uh, Uncle Drew's Youngbloods, also four players in the positive value. Bobby Portis, which is a solid, solid pick for him. Clint Capella finished 64 spots above where he was drafted, uh, Tobias Harris and Terrence Ross, who was a drop later on in the season for him, um, you know, ended up being his four guys there in the positive value. And believe it or not, Kyrie Irving only finished one spot under where he was drafted. Um, you know, Luca finishing just three spots under, you know, still a great pick. You know, if you're just losing one or two spots in value, especially for those top three, you know, picks for the season, that's, that's really what you're hoping for, um, getting it as close to where they finish off in the regular season with that draft value. So look guys, I know that was a little bit of a long breakdown here, but 
wanted to go through every single team to give everybody an equal opportunity to, to hear about their where they stand. But just looking down in terms of the average draft value, which is going to be the kind of data point here that I'm going to be grading, you know, and, and pushing forward for each season, we had the number one uh, GM, Chris Govers, from this past season at that average draft value of 21. Second was myself at 11. We had Zach at 9, Kellen at 4.3. After that, um, those were the four teams that finished with a positive value there for the draft value. And in terms of GMs uh, after those guys in the positive value, we had Andy Meyer at 5, Ricky Bowes at 9, Nick Toma at 12, uh, Taylor Gleeden at 19, Connor Goudreau at 22, Doug Sabella at 26, and Bo Nielsen at negative 32. Again, you know, this isn't a perfect uh, encapsulation of, of how good you were at drafting. Obviously, those injured players hurt you the most out of everything. But um, again, just something that I'm hoping to keep track of going forward to kind of be able to pick out that draft guru, the guy who's getting the most draft value out of his picks um, going forward. Big time players make big time plays. So guys, to close out this podcast, you know, here at the Commissioner's Corner, I'm not trying to just give you guys a season-long league, um, you know, like our BDFL or our OMBA. I'm trying to bring you guys a little bit more. And, and what I've been trying to do here is set up a few other opportunities for you all to win some money versus, like I had said earlier, you know, your average Joe like myself or anybody else in this league who maybe wants to do uh, you know, a daily FanDuel league, maybe put down some over-under bets. Uh, but what I wanted to do right now was just run through a few of the other opportunities that you guys have to join as a general manager of our OMBA or BDFL podcast. First thing I wanted to go over was something I just sent out to the league, which is the NBA over-under challenge. You know, I set this up in a Google Sheet. You know, It's pretty easy to fill out. Really, all you have to do is, is go through, find your tab, enter in the total number of wins that you think each team is going to have. You know, I've provided the 2020-2021 uh, win totals, the where the line opened up for that over-under, and then the current line just to see, you know, what that change has been, whether, you know, just trying to see what people are betting, uh, you know, causing that line to move, um, you know. There's also a spot here to, to, in, to put in any notes. You know, again, just something that I think is going to be fun for us to, um, you know, as NBA fans, you know, everybody's kind of got where they think a, a team's going to end up. So it really only takes a couple of minutes to, to fill out. You just go through, put in those win totals. You know, I'd, I'd love to put, you know, 5 to $10 down for anybody who's interested um, to, to kind of, put down money for for that pot where at the end of the season the the gm with the most correct over under uh win picks um you know ends up walking home with with that pot you know again it's, it's a bet that you can put down here where it's not just going to be going towards you know whichever betting site that you have as you put down that over under bet it's going to go to somebody that you know who you know just beats you out in terms of uh you know their their picks for this season Hoping to close out that over/under uh, option for for everybody, you know, within a few days of of the league starting. Um, you know, I obviously can't let it be going too far into the season because obviously there's a little bit of a discrepancy there where you're able to see how many uh, you know wins a team is getting. But let me know if you have any questions. Would love to walk you through it, um, and, and please let me know if it's if it's something you guys would be interested in putting a little bit of money down. Uh, to see who's going to have the best, you know, kind of pulse on the NBA. The second thing that I that I try to set up each year are the, you know, daily FanDuel leagues. And I know that I, you guys have probably gotten my invitations, you know, multiple times. And, I, and I'm always asking if you guys want to fill out a roster. But I just wanted to explain, you know, kind of how these work and, and what my overall goal is. Um, you know, everybody kind of understands what daily fantasy is. On any particular day, you're you're inputting a roster, um, and you're essentially getting scored almost exactly as our league is scored, especially in the NBA. Um, you know, uh, for for that day, 
um, specifically. So whether that's, you know, you put down five, ten dollars, um, you know, it can, and then if your roster ends up winning uh, the highest fantasy points for that day, you know, you win that pot. And so the goal here that I'm really trying to get to is getting as many people, um, you know, signed up and, and, and set up in the league so that, you know, say that we're trying to get 10 people on any given day to, to fill out a roster. You know, we probably want 20 or 30 people, you know, set up in that league because, again, the way that this daily fantasy works is, you know, you don't have to put in a roster. The only the only time that you're kind of, you know, wagering money or, or having a stake in it is if you fill out that roster. So, you know, so long as you can fill out the, the overall league, um, you know, that's how, you know, at the end of any given day, you're getting paid out the, the, the money that you had put in. So for this season in the NBA, I'm really trying to run it probably twice a week, you know, whether that's a five to $10 buy-in, um, you know, hoping to have at least one of those days be, you know, one of the shorter, um, you know, minimal games uh, being played, you know, which is usually when they're all being broadcast on TNT. You know, we're all watching the inside of the NBA, um, you know, crew anyway. So, you know, might as well put in a roster and have a chance to to win 50, you know, to 100 bucks on any given night. Um, again, from, from guys who... You know, we don't necessarily know what the hell we're doing. We don't have these algorithms. We're not putting in thousands of dollars of different lineups across the board. Um, you know, this is just a group of guys who are all kind of have the same opportunity to win that pot as, as you do. So uh, I also do one for the NFL, which is really for that Sunday main slate. Um, you know, and we're kind of getting to the point here where in the fantasy season for the NFL, you know whether or not your team's going to be competing for for the league and making the playoffs. So, you know, if you're one of those guys who's had a few few players go down, maybe you drafted Christian McCaffrey early, you know, Russell Wilson, and, and you really have no chance of winning your league, you know, this is one of those times where on any given Sunday, you can fill out a roster and you can walk away with, you know, 50 to 100 bucks by just joining one of these uh, daily fantasy leagues that I'm putting on for you guys. The last betting platform that I just wanted to talk about here is the ESPN streak for cash or streak for the cash. I'm not sure how many of you guys have done this before, but it's essentially a free service that ESPN offers. You know, as long as you have an ESPN account, you can log in and play. It's right there on the ESPN fantasy app. If any of you guys do, you know, fantasy uh, football on, on ESPN. Um, and essentially the way that it works is you're just trying to, to pick games correctly and you're trying to increase your streak, right? So it's usually like a, you know, an over-under or just like who's going to win any particular matchup. Um, and the goal here is just to continue to, to add your streak on um, or to add to your streak. ESPN actually offers up $5,000 if you finish with the number one streak, you know, across all of the people who participate. You know, obviously it's a little bit tougher, you know, the guys who are, who are you know, walking home with that $5,000 for any given um any given month, you know, you got to have like a 30, uh, a 30 win streak going, you know, just for, for context, my longest pick streak has been nine. So, you know, it's not that easy, which is why, you know, what I'm hoping to do is to kind of put together a, a pot of people where at the beginning of each month, everyone puts in $10. Um, and if you finish with the longest streak over the course of that month, you win the pot. Um, and then I also wanted to just include like a smaller option for, you know, if you finish the overall month with the most correct wins, whether or not you have the longest streak, but essentially it just encourages participation to be trying to, you know, put picks in as, as often as you can. Um, if you finish with the most overall picks, you know, you win your money back or maybe, you know, you double your money. But, you know, this is something I'm hoping to set up. You know, it's something that when I work for the Islanders doing ticket sales, you know, me and all my coworkers used to do this um, just as a fun way to kind of, as you're going through the day, you know, and, and, and again, these picks are anything from, you know, Russian playoff league hockey games that you can pick on, you know, versus, you know, any random tennis matchup, uh, you know, you're picking who's going to win. So it is kind of interesting because there's, you know, some of it's a little hard to do research on. And, you know, once you get to, 
you know, five, six, seven picks in a row, that's when you actually start to be like, okay, hey, I got a chance here at getting a pretty decent streak going. So this is the last one that that I have set up. I'm going to send it out in an email so that everyone can, can sign up if they want um, and just try it out. And then hoping, like I said, to just get a little bit of a pot going so that yeah, there's a little bit more of an incentive to, to participate. Guys, that was by far the most talking I've done in any of these podcasts, <laughs> just straight up. Uh, and I'm sorry, you know, it's getting a little bit late. I feel like my words are all blending together. You know, I've also got the uh, the Sunday night game here on in the background. So, look, excited for this OMBA season finally coming back up. You know, this is my bread and butter as the commissioner. And, and I just love the NBA, you guys. Excited about all the storylines from this year. Really excited about the Warriors. I know we've got a lot of Bay Area guys in the league. So, you know, excited to see how they end up playing out. God, I hope that Clay can come back healthy like he like he and play like he used to. Um, you know, my favorite player in the NBA. So uh, excited also for the draft that we have tomorrow. Guys, do not forget, draft is tomorrow. Make sure to do a little bit of research in terms of those average draft picks. Um, you know, have the guys that you're looking to target uh, that you think are going to be making that jump. Just went over all the draft value stuff. So also make sure you know the rookies that you want to be targeting. Um, and, and there's always that run that goes in terms of, you know, a few guys go off the board and then you're trying to kind of scramble to get one of these rookies who's got a potential to, to really bring you back a ton of value, whether it's this season or next season. If you guys are still look, listening, thanks for sticking around for 50 minutes of me just babbling on about fantasy basketball um, and fantasy football. But guys, uh, happy to bring another podcast to you. And let's go ahead and let Tim Kitzrow take us out. Folks, there is no greater game than NBA Jam. This one's for you. You have two choices, step off the court or get embarrassed. How about both? That's teamwork with a capital boom shakalaka. And he's spinning himself like cotton candy. Oh, throw it down like you mean it, big man. Someone grab the marshmallows. Let's make some s'mores. S'mores all around. This guy's on fire. For the love of Pete, someone get an extinguisher. NBA Jam on fire edition. Come on, you know you want it. It's literally on fire. Well, not literally, but you get the idea. Boom shakalaka. 